0: Welcome back. You're listening to that one sports podcast, and you already know who it is. But just in case you didn't know, it's your boy, Mitch Wilson on the ones and twos. And oh, do I got a good show for you. We're going to recap the NFL divisional round playoffs. And I was bad in the wildcard weekend, but I was four for four when it came to the divisional round. So let's... Go first game we are gonna talk about. We got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans. This was the first game on the docket. And let me tell you, up until halftime, this was a really good game. At halftime, the score was 10 to 10. The Houston Texans got a timely punt return for a touchdown to tie the game up shortly before the half. And at halftime, the score was 10-10. And then Baltimore came out and absolutely dominated in the second half. This was very impressive because as a Baltimore Ravens fan and as a Baltimore player, at halftime, it being tied 10-10, you got to be a little tight. Lamar Jackson proved why he's going to get his second MVP because he absolutely balled out he goes for over 150 yards and two touchdowns through the air and then adds another two touchdowns on the ground again CJ Stratton in the in the Texans offense couldn't just really could not get anything going against this vaunted Baltimore Ravens defense and let's not forget the Baltimore Ravens have the number 1 defense in the league and for a, you know a young Rookie quarterback like C.J. Stroud, it just absolutely stifled him and the offense. I think the biggest thing was is that Baltimore did what they needed to do when it it came to taking away Nico Collins because Nico Collins, which is C.J. Stroud's best receiver, only had five catches for six eight yards, and that's just not going to get it done. They absolutely pummeled the Houston Texans when they were running the ball the DBs and safeties were absolutely suffocating the receivers and tight ends of the Houston Texans. And you couple that with Lamar coming out and showing why he's the MVP in the second half of this game. And this, why this game did not look pretty after the second half. However, if you're a Houston Texans fan, you have to be absolutely over the moon with what your team did this year with a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach. This Hardly, I don't know if this has ever happened. It's only happened a very few times, but the fact that you had a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback, the the, the rookie quarterback is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year and a rookie and coach, Houston, you're on your way. I think C.J. CJ Stroud is that guy, and he's going to be your franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. And so, like, again, Houston, Houston, if you're a Houston fan, you have to be, very happy with, with, with what your team did this year because, in all honesty, the Houston Texans weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. And they end their season with double-digit wins. That's very impressive. Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens advanced to the AFC Championship game, and the Houston Texans are sitting on the couch. But again, in this game, the defense of the Baltimore Ravens showed up, and Lamar Jackson in the offense showed up in the second half when they were needed. And that was the difference in this game. Like I said, Baltimore put up 24 points in the second half, and that was the difference in this game. Baltimore gets the dub over the Houston Texans 34 to 10. Next game we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. The Green Bay Packers let the San Francisco 49ers off the hook. The Green Bay Packers outplayed the San Francisco 49ers for 55 minutes of a 60 minute ball game. And the Green Bay Packers, because they are a young team, there's no other way to say it. They, they crapped their pants in the last five minutes of that game, and that's why they lost. Brock Purdy played okay. He throws for 250 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey does what what Christian McCaffrey does. He has 98 yards and two touchdowns. George Kittle is George Kittle. F- four catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. The Green Bay Packers were in control of this game. Almost the whole game. The problem is is that a game is not 55 minutes, it's 60 minutes. Green Bay Packers don't score any points in the fourth quarter and that's the difference because the 49ers put up 10 points in the fourth quarter and they won by 3. Brock Purdy in that offense was very stagnant, you know, they had scored 14 they they scored a touchdown in the second quarter and a touchdown in the third quarter, so they were sitting at 14 points and then all of a sudden Brock Purdy and the offense woke up and decided, "Oh, hey, we need to." It was almost like the, it was almost like the San Francisco 49ers. It's almost like after three quarters, they woke up and they re- they remembered who they were. They're the one seed. They have a 13, you know, and four record at the time. Oh, hey, let's just go be who we're supposed to be, and that's exactly what happened. San Francisco defense shuts down the Green Bay Packers in the fourth quarter, and the San Francisco offense goes and gets 10 points. Jordan Love, the biggest difference in this game is Jordan Love has two picks, and that's the difference in this game. Obviously, the second pick he threw was the pick that he threw going trying to go down and get full range to tie the game. However, that throw is a throw that you cannot make unless you are a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type. The mistake that Jordan Love made is he's rolling to his right, and he tried to throw back all the way across the field. You have to have elite-level arm strength to do that. And unfortunately, not only does he not have that elite arm strength, but like he threw in a double or triple coverage, and you just can't make that play. Because I believe it was like on a second down, so you just have to throw that out of bounds and give yourself another opportunity to make a play. I will say Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers, was absolutely fantastic in this game. He is an absolute... Beast and ran the ball extremely well. He he was one of the reasons why the Green Bay Packers were leading San Francisco after three quarters. But let me tell you, San Francisco woke up and was like, hold up, wait a minute. Like, why why are we why are we playing like this? Like we are the San Francisco 49ers. Like we are the number one seed, and we are at home. So we need to wake up and take care of business. And that's what the Niners did. However, I will say Brock Purdy was not that impressive in this game to me. I felt like Jordan love was, was, was a little bit more impressive. Obviously Brock, Brock doesn't have the the turnovers, but still, I feel like there were throws that Jordan made that I'm not for sure if, if Brock can make. And it's just, he's just been very Brock has just been a game manager and it's, it's going to be interesting how they game plan for the NFC Championship game. Because, again, like the Houston Texans, the Green Bay Packers were not supposed to be there. They're not supposed to be there. So, for San Francisco to come out of the gate and struggle like this and have to really win this game in the fourth quarter, as a as a San Francisco 49ers fan, I would be a little worried because the team they're facing in the NFC Championship is a whole lot better than than the Green Bay Packers. Again, Green Bay Packers, if you would ask the Green Bay Packers fans before the season if they would think their team would be in the playoffs, the answer would probably be no. The fact that the Green Bay Packers were in the playoffs and got a win on the road is huge. I definitely think that that they found their quarterback in Jordan Love. He's definitely their quarterback of the future and their franchise quarterback. Again, San Francisco 49ers get the dub over the Green Bay Packers, 24-21. Next game we're moving on to is the Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Detroit Lions get the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-23. to This was a really good game, just like the San Francisco 49ers-Green Bay Packers game. This was a one-score game. You had... Jared Goff battling Baker Mayfield. Jared Goff was very efficient in this game. He threws he throws for 287 yards and two touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs, the rookie out of Alabama, is an was an absolute stud. He has nine carries for seventy seventy-four yards and a touchdown. And that man, that man, Amon Ra St. Brown, is that dude. Eight catches, seventy-seven yards, and a touch. The this game was close again. The difference in this game was the fourth quarter. Both teams tied at seventeen points going in, going into the fourth quarter, and the Detroit Lions find a way to score two touchdowns, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can only score six, and that's the difference in this game. Also, the big the biggest difference in this game again, just like the Forty Nine er game, just like in the. Green Bay 49er game. The difference in that game was a quarterback throwing turnovers. That was the big difference in this game. Baker Mayfield throws two picks in this game, and that was the difference. He he did throw over 349 yards and three touchdowns, which is amazing, but you can't turn the ball over, especially in the postseason. And I'll tell you what, that boy Mike Evans had himself a day. Eight catches, 147 yards and a touchdown, I think that Mike Evans might be one of the most underrated, underrated receivers in the league. He's been in the league for 10 years, and every year he's been in the league, he has had over 1,000 yards receiving. That is very, very impressive. I mean, you think if this guy plays another three or four years and he continues on that trend, he's going to be you know 15,000, you're talking about a guy who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Because he does have a Super Bowl r- ring, so he's got a ring. And then w- if he continues to play and play at this level, and he gets the numbers and and the statistics, he's going to be a Hall of Fame receiver. I tell you what, this is really cool. I think that the Detroit Lions, I think they're almost like a team of destiny this year. I feel like them, you know, be finally getting to to play at home for the first time in thirty years, and I really like their team. I really like their coach, the grit, very blue collar. I think that the Detroit Lions really do personify their community, just the blue collar, we're just going to figure out a way to get it done mentality and I love that. And not on the top of that, they got some dudes, okay? And don't forget like I told you. I told you in the last podcast, Aiden Hutchinson was a absolute dog what did I say what did I tell you I told you he was gonna get to Baker and he sure did and I tell you what the defense as a whole you think about Aiden Hutchinson got himself a sack Brian Branch got himself a sack Jalen Reeves Mabin got himself a half a sack so this defense this Lions defense I feel is very underrated and they are going to continue to get to the quarterback because their defense is good. It's, it's good. It's underrated. And I think Aiden Hutchison is an absolute beast defensive lineman who can make big-time plays in big-time situations. So Lions get the dub over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23. to 23. And the last game on the docket. And let me tell you, this is what in sports – what we call a hole-in-one when you uh, predict the score of to the game and that's exactly what it is. Chiefs get the dub over the Buffalo Bills 27-24. Just like I predicted in my previous podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the preview of the divisional round. This game lived up to the billing. Oh, yes, it did. There were... So many storylines after this game, but let's get into the actual game. Like I said, Chiefs get the one 27-24 over the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes was very, very efficient in this game. He throws. He was 17 of 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. Obviously, Travis Kelsey. Had himself a day. He looked like old Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has five catches for 75 yards. And not one, but two touchdowns. And your boy, Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 97 yards, and one touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco was an absolute beast in this game as well. He averaged 6.5 yards a carry. So hats off to him in that offensive line for running the ball down Buffalo's throat. And basically... If you were to give it to Isaiah twice, that's a first down. Also, Josh Allen was not near efficient in this game. He was 26 of 39 and 186 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Allen was also their leading rusher with 12 carries for 72 yards and 2 touchdowns. So Josh Allen has 3 total touchdowns and over 200 all-purpose yards. The thing about this game is the only way they were going to win it is is if Josh Allen, like I said in my previous podcast, went into the phone booth, put on the cap, and came out. He tried to do it. He just came up a little short. And there were so many things that happened in this game. So the Chiefs' offense looks to be back. You have back-to-back games where the Chiefs score over 26 points. You have yeah, Patrick Holmes being his normal, normal self in the playoffs, a.k.a. Playoff Pat. What people don't understand is that playoff Pat and Patrick Mahomes are two different dudes. When Patrick Mahomes gets into the playoffs, he he turns it up a notch and becomes what we call him playoff Pat. He's a different dude. And he had the offense going very efficient. At halftime, score is 13-17 Buffalo. In the second half, the Chiefs get the ball first. They go down and score and go up. 20 20, yeah, they go up 20 to 17. Okay, and the biggest difference in this game was the fourth quarter. I know everybody wants to talk about Baltimore's defense, and they are the number one defense in the league, but let's not forget who the number two defense in the league is, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And they have, for the over the past, I believe, six to seven games, had pretty much only giving up one score, either one score or no scores in the second half of the, of the last like five to six games. I think they're averaging only giving up like four points in in the second half, and that's exactly what happened. This game was the difference. The Chiefs defense shuts down Josh Allen and and the Buffalo Bills in the fourth quarter with a donut on the scoreboard. However, I know Buffalo fans are mad because Tyler Bass missed the kick. Okay, but I want to say this. Number one, I will say this. If Tyler Bass hits the kick and ties the game at twenty-seven, there's a minute and forty-three seconds left and the Chiefs have two timeouts. Are you meaning to tell me that you don't think Patrick Mahomes and that offense is gonna get in field goal range to win the game or score a touchdown with a minute and forty-three seconds and two timeouts? Hell, he got in field goal range in 13 seconds. So imagine what he could do with a minute 43 and two timeouts, okay? That's number one. Number two, the Buffalo Bills were lucky to only be down three points. They should have been down at least 10 because if McCole Hardman does not fumble the ball basically at the goal line, the Chiefs go up by 10. And the reason why that was possible is because the Buffalo Bills decided to run a fake punt on their own 30-yard line. Now, I will say, I don't think the fake was called. But I think that there are teams in the league that have what you call a check. That if, they, if they're if they in punt formation and they get a certain look, then they'll check to a fake punt. And to my understanding, the Chiefs didn't have 11 guys on the field. They had 10. So that was a check for Buffalo. So they saw that they didn't have 11 guys on the field, so they they checked to the fake punt and tried to get it. So first of all, even if you have a check in that instance, why would you do that on your own 30-yard line this late in the game, Sean McDermott? I think that Tyler Bass gets Sean McDermott off of the hot seat because – the Chiefs scored that touchdown with McCall Hardman, or even if he doesn't score, the next play we punch it in, and they go down by 10, then everyone's talking about why are you going for it on fourth down and not, and not punting the ball. So that field goal essentially would have been to get with the seven and to not tie the game. Number two, another thing that happened in the Bills' favor is Josh Allen fumbled in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs' defender... Number twenty-seven, Chiefs player Jamari Connor, try to scoop and score. In that situation, he is a rookie, but I don't care. In that situation in that playoff game, fall on the dang ball. If you fall on the dang ball, we get the ball. But he tried to scoop and score. When he tried to scoop the ball, I believe it was it was uh Dawson Knox, who stuck his hand out, who got his hand on top of the football that allowed him not to pick it up, and the ball rolled in, and he ends up recovering it for for the Buffalo Bills. In that situation, I don't care if you're a rookie, if you're on the field in that situation, you have to know, you could do not try and scoop and score. Just fall on the dang ball. If you fall on the dang ball, we get it. Another thing, McCole Hardman had two touches in this game, and he had two fumbles. What in the world is going on with McColl Hardman? First off, in that situation, why is he getting the ball? Pacheco runs it down there, and then we're going to give it to McColl? I'd rather give it to Clyde. Isaiah, like, I get Travis Kelsey taking the high road on his podcast and said that it was his block that he didn't finish that was the guy who puts the ball out. Okay, Travis, we love you. You're a great dude. But McColl's got to hold on to the dang ball. And especially in that situation, knowing that you don't stick the ball out in that situation. This is a, a statistic that if you're at the goal line and you stick the ball out like that, you are more likely to fumble the ball. And McColl knows that. And he did it anyway. So I love the fact that Travis Kelsey tried to take the blame for that. He said he owed McColl. But dude, McColl's got to hold on to the to the dang ball. Period. So I don't want to hear Buffalo Bills fans complain about if they could have got the field goal. You know, okay, well, to be honest, you were lucky to be in that situation because your team decided to check to a fake punt when they shouldn't have, and then the Chiefs fumble the ball through the end zone that gives you the ball back. And also Josh Allen fumbles in it. And, and if Chamari Connor just falls on the ball, the Chiefs get the ball. So the fact that you the the fact that the Bills were only down by One score was amazing because the Chiefs had opportunities to make that a two-score game. So, that being said, don't try to talk to me about Josh Allen in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes because it's just, you just can't. Yes, Josh can beat Patrick in the regular season, but he can't beat him in the postseason. Also, despite everything that happened in that game, The Buffalo Bills had three drives in the fourth quarter and got no points. Josh Allen just couldn't get the job done. And yes, there were drops by Stephon Diggs and there were drops by the other receiver down the left sideline. But you have to overcome it. Just like when McCall Hardman fumbles the ball out of the end zone, the Chiefs offense had to overcome that. And also, on the, on that last drive, if Josh cha- takes the two checkdowns, he probably gets the first down, but no, he threw for the end zone. Don't put Josh Allen in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes because it's just not – you just can't. It's – Patrick Mahomes is in a league by himself because you have Patrick Mahomes way up here, and then you have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. And they're not even close. Not even close. And the reason why I say that is because if you take if you take Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson's playoff wins together and all their accomplishments Patrick has more playoff wins, more MVPs and more Super Bowl championships and more Super Bowl MVPs than all three of those guys combined. So they're not even in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes. With that being said, If Baltimore can get the job done and beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, then we can start to have a different discussion, especially if Lamar goes and wins. Because then he would definitely close that gap. We'll have that conversation if that happens. So, we just got done recapping the divisional round. So, in the NFC Championship, you have the San Francisco 49ers facing the Detroit Lions. And in the AFC Championship, you have the Baltimore Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, it's going to be a good one. I can't wait for it. That is the end of this episode of that one sports podcast. I appreciate you listening so much. Don't worry. I'm going to drop another bonus episode to preview the NFC and AFC Championship game. And it's going to be absolutely fire. I cannot wait to get into the numbers to talk about matchups with Patrick and Lamar. Also the, you know, team of destiny that the Detroit Lions are looking like and the San Francisco 49ers just constantly having a great organization who constantly put themselves in that situation to play for NFC Championship. So I will get into all that on the bonus episode. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate it. And guys, always remember, please be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you don't absolutely know idea about. Until next time, fam. Peace!